Hello, everybody. Um, today, I'm going to be interviewing Frida McFadden, who is a best-selling Amazon writer and author. And she's also a practicing physician specializing in brain injury. She's penned multiple Kindle best-selling psychological thrillers and medical humor novels. She lives with her family and a black cat in a very old three-story home that overlooks the ocean with staircases that creak and moan with each step and nobody could hear you if you scream unless you scream really loudly maybe so welcome frida McFadden. hi hi glad to be here i'm happy to have you um here um, I discovered that you were writing prolifically and you have written how many books by now? You know, people ask me that and I kind of lose track. I think there are 15 on Amazon right now. Isn't that funny that I don't know? Um, I should, I should count them when we're done talking. Well, I think it's wonderful that you don't know it. it, it I think that reveals that you love what you do. Yes. And, and and you love it so much that you're just in flow and um, the numbers really don't matter. That's Would that true. be a correct assumption? <laughs> yes, definitely. I, I just, I, you know, I've always loved writing. I've been doing it forever and um, I'm just doing this for fun. So this success I've had with it, that's just cake. I'm just enjoying myself. I think that's amazing. So um, did you always want to be a physician? Um, you know, my parents always wanted me to be a physician, especially my mother. Um, mm -hmm. I, you know, it was, uh, my parents are physicians, so it was always just something that was in my family. Um, you know, it was something I just thought I was destined to do. And it never seemed like really there was any other option in a way it just you know i'm going to be a doctor when i grow up i was saying that since i was five years old and um and then as i got older i thought about some other careers um i thought about becoming a mathematician because i love math hmm. but uh in college i went back and thought about it more and i i really just decided i had it right the first time and i being a physician was the career i wanted Nice. So you went in as a pre-med student, I'm assuming? Um, I was a math major, okay. uh, but I did take uh, all the pre-med requirements. I went right from college to medical school. Mm -hmm. And while you were in college, did you do any writing? I was always writing. Um, always. In college, I took a bunch of creative writing classes. Um, we had a, a writer's workshop Mm -hmm. And um, we would each get to write a story and or two stories per semester. And we'd workshop the stories and, you know, give our little one page critiques. And I found it so fun. And mm -hmm. the stories were just really interesting. Some of them, I still remember them. And, um, I, you know, so that was just kind of a way to keep up with writing. Um, but I didn't never thought it would be a career or any part of my career. I just, it was a hobby always. 
Uh-huh. And um, you started out writing stories. Uh, anything else? Uh, any other genre? Um, well, I've been writing since I was about nine years old, and I was always sort of writing stuff that was age appropriate. So when I was nine, I wrote about, you know, kids my age, you know, having relationships. And um, when I was about nine, I, I wrote this freaky Friday type story about a girl and her enemy at school who trade places. And um, mm-hmm. I was always writing stuff that was kind of about my life. And, um, you know, I just kept doing it all along. And I, but I love thrillers. I love reading them. So uh-huh. I was always kind of going to go in that direction, probably. Uh huh. And so when, tell me how your first book evolved. Do you remember all the steps? Yeah. Um, so it was a story I'd had in my head for a long time and, and all along, you know, through my twenties, I'd been writing, but, um, my intern year of, uh, of residency was, was pretty bad. It was especially my first block, you know, that first, uh, month of your intern year that July in July you have no idea what you're doing and like and you're so tired all the time like you're not really used to doing those we had 30 hour shifts and I was so not used to those 30 hour shifts and by the end I just I felt like I was drunk I like did not know what I was doing and I'm glad I, I I've heard they have cut back on those which is I think a very good thing for patients a hundred percent. Yeah. And, and uh, doctors <laughs> and doctors for everyone and, yeah. and the people on the road as I was driving home, good for them too. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, so I, I worked with a resident, a senior resident, and, you know, I think she was an excellent doctor, but she did not go easy on me. She was, she was a tough cookie and she didn't understand, you know, she was not understanding about, you know, this is July of my first year as a doctor. So she, she worked me pretty hard and, um, and it was, it was done with love and care for the patients, I believe, but it was, it was hard. It was hard. And I cried a lot. Um, mm-hmm. and I kind of always wanted to write that experience. And when I read, um, the devil wears Prada, I was like, you know, they think fashion is bad. Residency is way worse. I'm sure of it. So right. I wanted to write that story um, about my experience. So I called it The Devil Wears Scrubs, just uh-huh. about my experience with this um, senior resident who who really just rode me so hard. And, you know, I, I tried to make it balanced, like show her perspective of gosh, it must be frustrating to have an intern who doesn't know what they're doing. Mm-hmm. But also, um, you know, just to have a little humor and just to all around, you know, make it an interesting story. And I even threw in a little bit of romance, which I did not have during my intern year. But, mm-hmm. you know, got to uh-huh. make it a better story than it was in real life. <laughs> yes, there was no time for that. Um, no, and I was married, so. Oh, <laughs> okay. My husband wouldn't have liked that, probably. Probably not. Did you get married in medical school? I got married at the very end of medical school. We kind of rushed it in, and oh. uh, we got married on 
February 14th of my fourth year of medical school. Wow. Are you both doctors? No, my husband is an engineer. Okay. Nice. So, so writing about that internship year, which was a horrible year for me as well, for similar reasons, um, was that cathartic in any way? I mean, how'd you feel after you got it all out? It definitely felt good to write that all down. And, you know, I, I think I, I did hold some anger about the whole experience and how hard it was, but framing it as like a fun story with some humor and just being able to laugh at myself, like, oh gosh, I really was pretty bad. And I, I kind of did deserve some of the things she did to me. Um, <laughs> I think, <laughs> I think that made it easier uh, to kind of look back on it and let go of all that, you know, anger and just, uh-huh. you know, reframe it in a different way for myself. Right. Well, you've been writing stories all of your life, um, essentially. What made you push send, send it off to Amazon? Oh, that somebody would have had to hold me back. I really, yeah, I, I have been wanting to have things published forever. Like uh-huh. when I was a teenager, I just dreamed of holding one of my books in my hands. That's all I wanted. Um, So when I was 20 or 21, early 20s, I wrote a book and I actually landed an agent and I was so excited. I was like, this is going to be it. I'm finally going to have my own book. And the agent shopped the book around and long story short, didn't get published. Um, And I, over the years, you know, in the next 10 years, I tried submitting a few things. I wasn't even able to get another agent. And then when I heard about self-publishing, I'm like, done submitting, I'm hitting send, I'm publishing my book. And Mm -hmm. I, and I did it. And I, that to me satisfied all of my, uh, cravings. I was just like, I just want it online. I just want a few people to read it. And I was happy. Uh huh. Now, was it um, only online or was it also in the printed form? Yeah, I made a paperback version too. Um, so I, it's an ebook, Kindle ebook, exclusive mm-hmm. to Amazon. It's a paperback. And actually, now there's an audiobook version, but there was not initially. Mm hmm. And, and that must have felt amazing when that happened. <laughs> oh, it did. Yeah. Uh huh. And what, what was it like um, to have people start buying and reviewing your books? Your book? it, was, it was beyond cool. Like, I mm-hmm. loved it. I, I was amazed people wanted to read it. And I was just, I was so happy. And I remember, you know, a month out uh, telling my mom, like, 500 people have bought this book <laughs> and being so excited. Uh-huh. And yeah, it was just, it was the best feeling because that's all I ever wanted was, you know, in addition to holding the book, I just wanted some people to read it and give me feedback and say, I like this. This is a good story. And it made me, you know, yeah. I related to it. It made me happy. It made me feel something. So for me, that yeah. was the best feeling. That's amazing. Now, did you have um, beta readers or anybody um, 
looking at your work before you published, or did you just feel very confident about what you were working on? It was, um, you know, I, I did have people read it. I had um, my, my parents read it. Mm-hmm. Um, my father actually had an idea for a hilarious scene that I added um, about uh, an intern who does a rectal exam and forgot to um, to have the uh, Guayac card in advance and has to wander <laughs> around the unit with her <laughs> looking for it. That was his idea. If you read it, um, uh-huh. so uh, I I did have a few people read it, but you know, early in the process, I didn't quite know what to do with their feedback, and uh-huh. a lot of them said, "This is too short. It kind of cuts off. The ending is a little abrupt," uh-huh. and I didn't know what to do with that. I kind of in my head was like, well, they're probably wrong. They don't know what they're talking about. I didn't know how to make it. I was just like, this is the story. So I didn't know what to do with the feedback at the time. So in retrospect, Mm -hmm. all of these people were right. And I actually modified the ending a little bit in the time since I published it to um, Mm. fix it a little bit. But um you know, I had the feedback, but I just didn't know what to do with it at the time. And now it's completely different. When people read for me, mm-hmm. I feel like I can zero in on the problem and fix it. So it's a completely different situation now. Interesting. Yeah, that's that's good. Um, and so then how many people bought your first book? Do you know? Um, to date? Uh, I've sold about 10,000 copies. Wow. That's amazing. That's so exciting. And uh, how long between your first book and your second book? So when I published my first book, I thought to myself, well, that's it. I've published my book. I've held it in my (laughs) hands. A few people read it. I'm done. Uh And that was had no insight into myself, uh, apparently, because <laughs> right away, <laughs> I wanted to publish another book. And the second one I published um, was something I'd actually written a few years earlier. Um, it was a thriller, um, which I called Suicide Med, mm-hmm. about um, a medical school, mm-hmm. and a bunch of medical students. And they each go through the first semester of their first year and there are five of them and they're anatomy lab partners. And it tells the events of the year from each of their perspectives. Mm-hmm. And you don't kind of get the whole story about what happens until you get to the last perspective. So there are kind of, kind of mysterious things that happen. Somebody is murdered. Um, all these crazy things. And you don't really know the whole story. The last perspective mm-hmm. kind of answers a lot of questions about the year. And um, I fixed that one up. And I think a year after The Devil Wears Scrubs, I published it. Nice. And um, I I read bits and pieces of that one. And it was, I, I loved it. Um, oh, thank you. Thank yeah. You so and I started uh, reading, I think it's called The Wife Upstairs. Oh, that, yes, yes. Is that, that's a more recent book, right? Yes. So mm-hmm. I published that, it was around 
it's like right, I think, before COVID became mm. part mm. of our lives. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, that one, that one was a book that was very close to my heart um, really? for a few reasons. Um, I, without giving too much away about the plot, um, mm-hmm. you know, it's about a woman who has a brain injury and I work in brain injury. So um, that's something I know a lot about. And this mm-hmm. woman has aphasia which means she can't speak. She can't get words out because of her brain injury Mm -hmm. and something happened to her that caused her injury, but she can't tell anyone because she can't get the words out. Mm -hmm. And it's funny because I I just got a review that said, why didn't somebody just give her a pencil and a piece of paper? And I, you know, I never reply to reviews because it's bad form for authors. And I wanted to, but I wanted to say, you know, when you have aphasia, writing is also affected. You can't just, you know, Mm -hmm. it's not like her voice box was damaged. So she just couldn't express that. And um, so this woman caring for her um, finds this journal she kept and slowly she reads her story. And, you know, what happens to her is, you know, it's a very traumatic thing and partially she's not sure if it's true. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, I, I without giving anything away, it's sort of a, a question of like, are all these things she said in her diary really true? Uh, uh-huh. Yeah. Well, it did have me laughing out loud. Oh, thank <laughs> you. I, I feel like you've got to have a sense of humor. You have to, and like, you must, Otherwise, it's just, it's too hard to get through the day. Yeah, yeah, no, it was, I was literally laughing out loud. So um, I think that's great. I love, I love your sense of humor. (laughs) Yeah, most, most thriller writers don't try to be funny. So I'm the only one, I can't help it. I I have to try to be funny in my books. Even if I'm trying not to be, it's just, it like comes out. And that's just how I am. Uh huh. But it does add a level of tension too, you know. Yeah. That um. That it lightens things up a little bit, but there is still that edge of um, mystery and tension. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So that's great. That's a wonderful combination. Hmm. So um. So you've you probably could quit medicine if you wanted to, as we see many physicians leaving medicine these days, yes. uh, because you've been very successful in this arena. Uh, what keeps you going as a physician? There are a lot of things keeping me going. And that's a great question because it's something I think about and talk about a lot because, you know, I grew up, reading uh, a lot of physician writers when I was younger, like Michael Crichton and Robin Cook. And of course they all left medicine. I think, I don't even know if Michael Crichton ever practiced medicine in the first place, just, you know, got his uh, MD. And, Hmm. you know, I am reaching a point where I could theoretically do that. There are other writers who are publishing at the level I do who don't, 
work other jobs, especially when it's demanding as being a doctor. Um, but, you know, I, I feel like I worked so hard. If you read my first book, you can see how hard I worked to get to this point. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I, a lot was put into my education, both by, you know, the people who trained me by myself, um, you know, the people who supported me to get here. And I feel like as a doctor, I mean, you're just in a really privileged position to help people. I mean, how many careers do you really feel like you get to help people on a daily basis and you get people say to you, thank you. Thank you so much for what you've done for me. And I don't know how I could give that up. And I think, I think it's part of who I am at this point. And I just can't imagine not doing it anymore. Um, not having, you know, this job to go to every day. And, and fortunately, you know, I am able to do it somewhat part-time. I'm lucky in that way. Um, so it doesn't, you know, I, as I said, medicine is hard to be part-time, but I, I know a lot of doctors who work extremely long hours and I'm lucky in that I don't have to do that. So I can come home and, you know, I can make it home sometimes by the early afternoon and get some writing in if I want to do that. Mm -hmm. um, so I can, I can make it work. And I'm a very, I, I've, I think I've realized recently that I like to multitask and I like to be busy. So when I, I had a week off recently from my job and I was losing my mind. I was <laughs> like, I don't know what to do with myself. I sat on the couch watching episode after episode of you on Netflix. And then I hurt my back from sitting on the couch too much. And I'm like, I'm not cut out for this. I need to be busier than this. <laughs> so plus my kids are getting a little older now. Um, mm -hmm. I've got, you know, a one almost in middle school and I've got a teenager mm -hmm. and they don't want to have much to do with me anymore. You know how teenagers are. It's just kind of <laughs> come down for food like the cat, you know, you, you put out the food, they come down for it. And that's kind of it. I mean, I, I try to do things with them, but they just want to be with their friends. So this thing that used to take up a lot of time for me, you know, being with my kids, um, you know, taking them places, they just, that's just, that part of my life is coming to a close a little bit. So I feel like if I left my job, what would I have to do with myself? So mm -hmm. I, I would prefer not to ever leave medicine. So that's what I'm saying now. I don't know if I'll eat my words in a few years from now, but I, I just can't imagine not being a doctor anymore. Yeah. Well, I think um, there's some docs who are working like we did in our internship years consistently. Yes. And I think they don't necessarily have a creative outlet and, um, and, and they burn out, you know, essentially. Yes, that's and very true. I feel so lucky to have a creative outlet. And my mm -hmm. husband doesn't. So whenever he's unhappy with his job, he just feels so despondent. And, mm -hmm. you know, if I'm having a bad day, I was like, well, I've got this other thing I can do to take my mind off it that I can look forward to. So 
I, I feel lucky to have it. And I, I keep telling myself, this is something I'm doing for enjoyment and I will not let it not be that I am not going to turn this into a job. And that's another reason I want to keep my day job is that writing is my hobby. And if I, if writing becomes my job, I won't love it anymore. That's, that's such an important piece of all this, you know, number one, having a creative outlet that brings you joy, because so many times people are working endlessly, and they don't have that joy component in their life. They feel like they don't have time anymore. They can't I've heard so many doctors say things like, I really want to paint, but I'm going to do that when I retire. It's always something that they do later on. Um, and, you know, I'm an artist and really, you know, art is something that gives me joy. And right now it's a hobby. Um, and um, I think that that helps me to enjoy the day to day of my private practice because yes, I do have an so outlet. Important. Yes. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, so what I think may have helped you also is having some financial freedom. Yes. So that, that you is, work part time, right? Yeah. So um, I think, you know, I do attribute some of my success um, in this field in, in writing, I should say, to um, having a day job. So, you know, I think other writers, you know, uh, who are getting started, they're scared to spend money on editing, on nice covers, on advertising. And I was never scared to do that because I, I had the money thanks to mm -hmm. you know, having a day job. And um, that, that gave me some freedom to just say, okay, you know, I'm just going to throw money. I, I always say, I'm just going to throw money at my books I mean, and hopefully it will pay off. But if it doesn't, that's okay. I, I can afford it. Fortunately, I'm, I'm lucky that I can. Mm -hmm. um, whereas a lot of people don't have that freedom. Mm -hmm. Or, or at least they don't have that mindset, you know, yes. that um, this is an investment. And if I put, if I invest in a beautiful cover that this could eventually pay off in some way. Yes. I remember when I was first starting out and I was thinking about investing some money mm -hmm. um, in my books, I read somewhere, somebody saying you should not expect to make, be making money on your first book. Mm -hmm. And I kind of kept that with me because I was like, that makes sense. You know, this is a business you're starting out and um, it, it sort of helped me frame things in my mind and feel free, like, okay, what if I do lose money on this book? What's the difference? And mm -hmm. fortunately for me, I, I never was uh, in the red. Um, I always stayed um, ahead of it, but, you know, I never worried about it. I never mm -hmm. had to worry about that. Right. Because of your part-time job. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And also your mindset too. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Um, and, and that allowed you to spend time with your family and your children as they were growing up, I'm assuming. Oh yeah. Part-time. Yeah, it was, I, I'm actually more part-time than I was when they were a kid, but, uh, I worked four days a week when they were little and I had the extra day to spend with them and, 
You know, mm-hmm. I, I had weekends off, so we were able to do things every weekend. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel like I really got to enjoy that time. And I would, you know, I'm so grateful I had that. That's beautiful. Yeah. Yeah, a lot of doctors, including myself, um, missed out on a lot of things, you know, with our kids in, in their early years. Um, so it's wonderful that you had that opportunity. That's great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I feel blessed to have had yeah. it. Yeah. So tell me, um, what's your definition of creativity? I ask all of my, uh, or most of my um, guests that question. Oh, that's a good question. Huh? Let me think. I mean, and that's personal. You're just, yeah. Uh, I feel like I'm always coming up with stories in my head. I feel like I'm at my most uh, happy when I'm coming up with like these crazy ideas for things that could happen to imaginary people in my head. And it always keeps me entertained. And I love coming up with these ideas and um, like what could happen next. And um, I think feeling creative is so important. And it, it really just, I don't know, it, as, a, as a doctor, you don't have as much of an opportunity to be creative. It's, mm-hmm. it's very, I feel like you're very much following formulas. Um, and uh, having that creative outlet is, it means so much because I just, I've always been that kind of person. I'm not an artist like like you, but I've always liked to draw and like do crafts. And I just always feel like literally I love creating things. Like Mm -hmm. um, first there's nothing there and now there's something there because I created it. Um, Mm -hmm. And that just gives me so much joy to, to make something. So making a book, making a drawing, and it makes me feel good about myself. 100%. Oh, that's great. That's beautiful. You are an artist. I mean, just creating the words, you know, that, that form a book. And um, manifesting that is, that's amazing. So a lot of doctors dream about writing a book someday, becoming an author someday. Yes. what advice do you have for for those people who are who are yearning to press send and publish? You know, some are waiting for traditional publishers, and some um, are interested in self publication. What advice do you have for them? Oh, I have so much advice. I, <laughs> you know, I I'm always encouraging people. You know, reach out to me, send me a text. I'm happy to give advice because I just. I've got a lot to say, but, you know, in terms of actually writing the book, you know, people will say, I don't have time to do it. And my feeling just in life in general is people make time for what they want to make time for. Like -hmm. somebody will say, well, I don't have time to write this book, but they managed to do all these other things. They're traveling, they're doing, you know, they're doing stuff with their kids. They're you know, they're going out to dinner and no judgment, but those are the things they want to make time for. If there's something you want to make time for it, 
you mm. will do it. And that's how I feel about writing. People will say, how do you do this? How do you write so many books? I'm like, because I love doing it and I want to make time for it. So mm. I do. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you're not making time for writing, then maybe it's just not something you want right now. You know, mm-hmm. you shouldn't force yourself to do it. Like you, you only get one life and you should do the things that you love. And when you have the time and when you want to make time for it, that's when it will happen. Mm-hmm. So um, that's just general observation about life. Mm-hmm. Now, once you have the book and it's in your hands, you've got a manuscript on your computer. Um, I mean, I have a lot to say about self-publishing versus traditional publishing. I was lucky in that I came into self-publishing at a time when it was easy to get a foothold. Mm-hmm. It's a lot harder right now because there are a lot more people doing it. I see. Um, it was new when I started. So you could sort of just put something out there and people would just read it. And mm-hmm. I also um, was a blogger. I um, blogged for uh, Mothers in Medicine and I had my own blog. And a lot of the people who read those bought my books. So that also helped me get a foothold. Mm -hmm. It's harder now. It's Mm -hmm. a lot harder. And, you know, when I recommend self-publishing, I think it's a great option, but you gotta be willing to work. You, Mm -hmm. You can't just, I think the worst mistake anyone can make is press publish and just walk away. And because nobody will buy it. I mean, your, your mom will buy it. Right. (laughs) another friend but nobody else will because they won't find it it's it's invisible to everyone so I I would say to most people who are just starting out and don't really know much about marketing and all that I think probably finding a traditional publisher is the best way to start Mm -hmm. um, because they will help you Mm-hmm. But if you are willing to work and you really are willing to do everything you can to make this happen and willing to invest money, knowing that maybe you won't make it back on that first book, then I think you can do self-publishing. It's possible. So, you know, it, it's hard. And everyone's situation is is different. You know, I some people will show me a book and I'm like, this is perfect for self-publishing. And some people will show me a book and, and I know it's got to be traditional. Like, for example, I have a friend who wrote what I think is the most amazing book. Um, I hope Mm -hmm. she hears this about um, her experience with anorexia. And Mm -hmm. I haven't read any books about that. Um, And I love this book so much. And she I told her don't self-publish this because it's a young adult book and I don't know how easy that is to market. Um, But she's also had a lot of trouble finding a traditional publisher. So it's, it's hard out there. Not going to lie. It is hard. Mm -hmm. I think social media is also important and right. And self-promotion. It is, it is, but it's not enough. Um, Some people will say to me, well, I'm building my Twitter following, I'm building my Facebook friends, I'm in this group, I'm in that group, and that's great, but it's not enough. Mm -hmm. Um, There's more to it than that. There's more Mm -hmm. to advertising. You really got to be savvy. There's a a lot. You got to be, do paid advertising. 
you know, because I, I'm in a few groups, these Facebook groups, and I see the same people putting up their book every week, please buy my book. And there are just too many of them. There are too many books out there. And you got to be savvy in order to sell a book these days. It's, it's uh, as much of an art form as writing the book, unfortunately. Mm -hmm. Have you ever considered doing any workshops or do you do any workshops? Um, I, I have, uh, considered it. I, uh, actually, um, have applied, uh, to do a workshop locally, um, mm-hmm. on zoom or possibly, uh, in real life. Um, I'm waiting to hear if this will happen, mm-hmm. um, because I do feel like I have a lot of knowledge on this and I love helping people with mm-hmm. it. It's something I'm passionate about. So, you know, I, it's, I don't care about the money but I, I would love to just talk to people about it and try to help them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would. Yeah, I would love to collaborate with you and do something like that, because I think there's such a need for it. You know, yeah, yeah, definitely with other physicians. Um, anything else you'd like to tell the audience about writing? I, I think, I guess I just want to say, you know, if you have a passion for writing, uh, just don't give up, like mm-hmm. try to make it happen because mm-hmm. it's just so rewarding to put a book out there and have people read it. And I always want to try to help people with that journey. And I'm just so excited about books coming out there. Like, I'm just so excited. Anytime somebody's like, I'm publishing a book. I'm like, you are? That's wonderful. Let me see it. I just think it's such a great thing. And I think everybody should experience that. And I think, you know, if you put your mind to it, most people should be able to do it. And thankful, I'm thankful for Amazon that, they've provided a way for even if you publish the book and the traditional publishers say no mm-hmm. you can get that book in your hands and you you can get it to people who right. want to read it and mm-hmm. i'm not sure if i ever would have been published if not for self publishing and and now i've got 15 or so books yeah. so um i i can't tell you how rewarding it's been to do this i i think about it all the time. Like, I'm so glad that I had the chance to do this. So yeah, that's amazing. Do you uh, do any writing any nonfiction writing? Um, I've had, you know, a few, you know, chapters in textbooks over the years. And uh, in my younger days, I did some research and I thought about trying to get back into it, but you know, it was just, I was stretching myself a little too thin. And yeah. I think, you know, what I, what I really want to focus on in my life is, is clinical work and fiction. Mm-hmm. So I don't yeah. do that anymore, but I have I, in the past. I was actually thinking more like memoir. Oh, memoir. Well, yeah. Oh, um, never consider that. <laughs> so I would say the devil wears scrubs is as close as you can come to a memoir aside from the, uh, the, uh, hot guy who did not really exist. It was, it was my life. That was definitely my life. And then there's a sequel that is also about my life. And it, it also, it's called the devil, you know, and it takes place the same character, um, Jane, 
about 10 years later, uh, married and now working at the VA where I have worked. And, you know, it's also based completely on things that have happened to me and it's, it's her married and now with a child. So, yeah. yeah, So the first book was my training life and this book is my real married life. And it's a very honest book and um, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. it's, not the prettiest book, but I, I think it's funny at least. Um, mm-hmm. And so, you know, they're not technically memoirs and that they're fictionalized, but anyone who knows me, and mm-hmm. certainly if my husband were to read it, you know, <laughs> they would recognize, oh, yes, this happened. Um, mm-hmm. But even the part where my daughter was in a play and picking her nose on the in the stage, <laughs> that all happened. So... Well, not technically a memoir. I kind of feel like I have done that already. I feel like I've satisfied my desire to have a memoir. Yeah, that's interesting because I I hear a lot of people saying that um, many novels are really memoirs. (laughs) Yes, I I do feel like every character I write is me, you know, Uh thinly disguised or maybe a little better disguised sometimes, but they're all me deep down. So. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I love the character um, in the, what is it? The other wife I'm forgetting now. The um, The wife upstairs. The wife upstairs. Yeah. Yeah. Very funny. (laughs) Yeah. Um, The scene in the diner where she wants to be a hero or she does something heroic. <laughs> yes, that could def- that could definitely happen to me. I can absolutely yeah, I can, I can see that. <laughs> I can see that happening. Yes, yes. Um, um, yeah, it's everything is you know things that happen to me. I whenever something happens in my day, I think to myself, oh, that would be great in a story that's got to mm, go in my book. <laughs> mm-hmm. I love it. I love it. Um. Well, it's been wonderful uh, talking with you about writing and um, all of the books you've written and the success you've had over the years. Uh, con- congratulations on that. And uh, I'm wishing you more and more success, too. I really appreciate that. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, yeah, it's my pleasure. The minute I heard uh, about you <laughs> from seeing you on in one of the Facebook writing groups, I thought, oh, I definitely want to interview her. <laughs> so people, um, I guess, know that Frida McFadden is not your real name. Yes. Can I just ask you why you chose to, to write um, with a pseudonym? I think I just... Um... I never thought of not writing with a pseudonym, I guess. Um, never mm-hmm. liked my name that much. So there was that. Uh, mm-hmm. Also, I I guess I just, I don't like the idea that, you know, a patient can see me as a doctor and then look me up and see mm-hmm. books that I've written. It just, to me, it's it makes me feel a little awkward, mm-hmm. um, especially since some of them are medical. And I don't want to feel like I need to edit myself because my patients are going to see this. Right. Or, or even just random people I know. Um, Mm -hmm. I'm actually, there are a lot of people who know me. There are people who know me in real life who know that I write books, but there are a lot of people who know me in real life who don't know that I write books. And Mm -hmm. 
you know, I almost feel like some of these books, you know, they are about my life and they're kind of like my, my diary into my life. And I'm like, I don't want them to know, you know, this about me, that this is the thought in my head or, you know, I, or that I named this character after them or Uh so it's, you know, it's private in a way. And it's not obviously so private that I don't want, you know, hundreds of thousands of people to read it, but I don't want people who know me well necessarily, um, or just interact with me day to day, um, in a professional way to know about these books and to get that window into my Mm -hmm. innermost thoughts. Mm-hmm. So I, I I feel like it's a layer of protection. Um, yeah. Granted, I don't think anyone would hate me or judge me for doing it. Most people are, you know, say, oh, that's amazing when I tell them. But mm-hmm. I, I still think it's I, I prefer not sharing it with people, most people in my life. I prefer mm-hmm. to keep that part of my life separate. That makes total sense. Um, I think it also must give you some level of freedom, you know, Definitely. To, yeah, yes. and, and, and allow for creativity as well, because you don't have to feel inhibited in any way or, yeah. Yeah, it, it's definitely, um, I would definitely have to edit myself much more if everyone I knew was reading this and hard enough that my parents are reading it. Like every time I'm like, you know, the, the protagonist is thinking about kissing a man. I'm like, my parents will read this. My father will read this. Like, this is a little embarrassing. So um, my, my mother, I don't mind so much because we girl talk, but um, definitely uh, it's, uh, it's a little awkward. So I'm yeah. glad they know, but there are times when I, I wouldn't mind if they didn't know. <laughs> right, right, right. Interesting. Um, when you're writing, though, you're not thinking about who's going to read this. I am to some extent. I do sometimes. I am sometimes careful in that way. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I, I wouldn't. A, a friend of mine was talking about writing this book about some terrible things that uh, a relative of hers did and mm-hmm. using like a, a, a fake name for them, but it would be recognizable. And I was like, but you're going to publish this under your real name. They're going to know they're going to read it. You can't, you know, there's going to be a blowout from this and right. you have to be careful. Like I don't want to write anything that's going to be hurtful to somebody that I know or make them feel awkward. So I I am, I do try to be very careful about that. Yeah, I think, you know, I've been working on a memoir, but I think that fiction does allow you to, um, to write more freely about events that have happened or um, about people who are still alive, you know? Yes, yes. Um, My my evil uh, senior resident, I could could talk about her without using her real name, which, although I do want to send her a copy of the book. I wish I could. I I would just love to (laughs) see her thoughts and we could laugh about it together. Right, right. I would love to know what happens if you do do that. It it probably won't happen, but. (laughs) That's so funny. Yeah. 
Well, I think more people should read your books and, um, and uh, they, they definitely are page turners and also with humor, which is lovely. Yeah. So thanks again for meeting with me and people can find you on your website, which is Frida McFadden, F R E I D A M C F A D D E N.com. Uh, for more information. Excellent. Yes. Thank you very much. And I noticed you're on Instagram as well. So yes, I'm on Facebook and Instagram and I, I do have a Twitter account, but I don't use that one as much. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, I just followed you on Instagram today. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. I, I, I try not to post too much about myself. I try to just post things that are funny, sometimes involving cats. So there's a lot of cat humor there, just to warn you. Cats are very funny. (laughs) Yes, and mysterious as well. Everybody in the house loves the cat more than anyone else. I think the cat is the the queen of the house. Pretty sure about that. And it's a black cat, right? She is a black cat. Yep, we adopted her about five years ago yeah uh-huh. so she's still young oh <laughs> uh, no well she was five when we adopted her oh, so okay. she's, she's getting on in years so. <laughs> <laughs> okay all right well i think we're gonna wrap it up now and um thanks again okay thank you again for having me really appreciate it oh it was my pleasure